So he fires off, oh. <laughs> Sopranos. You got the people part? People? Okay, 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 okay. Um, We may not. We we can practice that in the room. So we'll just do you are good and see a victory this morning. Okay. All right. What time is it? Brother Steve. Wow. Glory. Lord, you are good and your mercy into 
was driving us, he, he didn't want to drive in traffic, so he, he decides he's going to cut straight through, like all the roads and buildings and stuff, and, and you know, you just, you, you start seeing kind of how people are living, you know, and uh, I just, I was trying, you know, when you're on a cruise, you know, the whole, the whole theme of it is have a great time, relax, chill, you know, see beautiful, wonderful things. But I just couldn't help to, to reflect on as I'm driving by houses and streets and people and the way that they're living compared to the way that I'm living. You know what I mean? Say, and not just compared to the way I'm living, because I consider myself extremely overwhelmingly blessed. But I mean, even folks that, that are struggling in our world, right? Living good. I'm talking living good compared to this. And it just, I had to continue. Me and the Lord just had some very long conversations as we were driving through there. I said, Lord, help me to be thankful. Help me to be appreciative. Help all of my huge, huge problems, Lord. Help me to continue to have perspective about what's going on. And I just pray today that as we worship in this extremely beautiful building, on these wonderfully comfortable chairs and carpet and you know pastor was asking me should we turn on the heater a little bit or not we have the option to make it a little bit more comfortable in here today you know if we want it hotter we make it hotter if we want it colder we want it colder if we want the music louder we turn it up if, if it's too loud we turn it down well we never turn it down but you know we have we are blessed here today let's put our hands together for god thank you god to the offering. Hey, I didn't even think about it. Hey, we're going to take up the offering today because we're thankful. You know, we don't give back because we want God to give us, but it teaches us that we only have because he gave. You know, and it teaches us we're going to give back and let God do what he's going to do with the blessings that we give to him. I do want to mention we have a couple things going on this week. Uh, Brother Munnan, in his uh, awesome way that he does what he does, is putting together some care packages for um, our soldiers that, that aren't going to be around for the holidays. Uh, he does have um, kind of a suggested list. Uh, he's going to be putting these packages together. So out there in the foyer is going to be an area where you can um, place the items that you purchase uh, for these care packages for our soldiers. So if you'd like to be part of giving to some of our, our service members that aren't going to be around for the holidays, please grab one of these lists. Grab a few things on it and uh, put it out there so him and his ministry team can get that stuff together and give to those. Um, also, Friday night is our uh, yearly community parade, Christmas parade. Woohoo! And uh, our youth have commandeered my trailer. Um, <laughs> and they, they are going to, uh, yeah! <laughs> yeah, you have. And they're gonna uh, they're gonna take the church van and pull the trailer uh, according to the theme. I think it's like uh, the struggling sixty. I mean the, the awesome sixties. <laughs> um, so the youth they're gonna have a great time. We're gonna gather on the corner out there over there by the CC's Pizza like we typically do. We'll have a couple chairs, a couple tables, and we'll have some pizzas. So if you want to come out and hang out with us and watch the parade, uh, Brother Monday's daughter is going to be in the parade too with her high school so we can cheer her on. Our youth are going to be at it. So if you, if you ain't doing nothing Friday night or if it's not as cool as the parade, come on out. 
and uh, hang out with us. So I think that's it for my part up here. It's uh, your turn now to come forward and give in the offering. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to give. Thank you for the excess, the, the abundance, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to give from our heart, not just here today in church, but I pray you'd help us to walk around with a giving spirit. We love you. We thank you. We ask these things in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Come forward, give to the Lord, and then let us worship.
Praise the Lord, everyone. It'd be great if you were giving me praise, but let's go ahead and give God some praise in the house. He's worthy to be praised, worthy to be lifted up, magnify God in the house this morning. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. He's worthy to be lifted up and given all the glory and all the praise. Amen. I want to welcome each and every one of you into the house of the Lord today. He's such a good God. He's so worthy to be praised and lifted up. We're thankful for our praise team leading us into the presence of the Lord, worshiping Him, magnifying Him. Didn't they do such a wonderful job this morning? I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. Whatever you might have come in with this morning, you can put it in the hands of the Lord. And the outcome is going to be victory. The outcome is going to be victory. Hallelujah. I, I think somebody felt that in the Holy Ghost. You needed to hear that. Whatever your situation is, his word says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Cast all your struggles on him because he cares for you. Cast all your needs on him. He cares for you and you are victorious because he is your Lord. Amen. At this time, we're going to bring our speaker to the microphone. My brother in the Lord, Reverend Munden. One thing about Reverend Munden is he, uh, every preacher has a style. <laughs> uh, he's great with words. I say write all the words down. And also he applies the scripture to his own life. And uh, that's... Uh, that's a method that Jesus used in order to draw others in. And that is, he, he took what was in the Word of God. He was the Word made flesh. And, and from that, he connected with people where they are. The speaker that's coming now is able to connect your lives with his through the Word of God. Reverend Monday, come preach the Word. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Brother. Oh, hallelujah. I tell you, I don't know what I can do, hallelujah, following up Reverend Ben Gordon and Reverend Parks, huh? <laughs> These great men and great ministers of God that I've been working with over the past 14, 15 years, or actually they've been working on me um, um, as agents of the Lord to get me right. <laughs> but come on, let's put our hands together. Come on, let's thank the Lord for the victory. Come on. Touches me, and um, and I definitely want to say um, that that um, that man, it's 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 something to be here, but also 
You know, after this week, all the things that we have to be thankful for, you think about these things, you know, and sometimes we get caught up in, in, the, in the holiday hype and, you know, workers preparing, you know, to take a, you know, a little bit more extended breaks and time off and all this during this time. But, man, we definitely have to be thankful and remember to thank Jesus for the victory. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Um, well, you may be seated. As um, I prepare to go forth in the word, hallelujah, I'm not going to take much of your time today because um, um, I told my wife I would keep this short. So she's, uh, <laughs> so I'm trying to be like my father-in-law. This man could minister a whole sermon, which I've seen a pastor do at a Thanksgiving service many years ago. Uh, pastor would get up there and he would only have like six minutes. And man, the Holy Ghost would just be poured out in six minutes. So I'm not going to do six minutes. Sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> but I'm going to try to be somewhere around maybe a multiple of maybe three. So just pray for me, all right? So um, we want to we wanna give, um, definitely give honor. The word says give honor where honor is due. And we want to give honor to um, Sister Noah Lani and Brother George Rogers. They had their baby, Zion, who was born on the 24th, hallelujah, and he was 8.4 pounds. That's a bowling ball. That's what I use when I'm sitting out there. To... <laughs> it's miraculous, I tell you. Man, hey, I'm a crybaby when it comes to pain, and I'm like, praise the Lord. I'm really thankful I'm not a woman. Hopefully nobody cut that up and put it, but man, that's something that I do not want to go through. I'm telling you, because a splinter hurts. But, but, um, but, you know, the word talks about a mother and her trial and her tribulation, but once that child comes, she forgets all about that. <laughs> she forgets all about that, because the joy is there. But definitely keep this family, keep them in prayer. Uh, we have grandma back here, oh, oh Mimi or whatever her call is nowadays. Sister Cece is sitting back here and she's excited. And we're praying for her and for their family to have a great victory with Zion. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And us as a church, we wanna stand behind them and make sure that we're good examples for Zion. Because believe me, our children are watching and they see. And my children, I tell you, especially nowadays, kids, if, you, if, you, if you're on social media, watch yourself. If you, if you have any of our kids on there, they know everything you do. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Well, we're going to go ahead and go forth in the word. And um, what I have here is Brother Ing. We're not going to be jumping around a lot, but I do have a couple. But we're going to be in Judges, and we're going to start in Judges 13. Well, actually, we're going to be mostly in Judges 13. What we're going to open up with is we're going to open up with numbers 6, 2 through 8. Now, I'm going to have you um, stay and remain seated because this is a fairly lengthy reading. And I do not want you to be standing. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and um, just um, read over it. Then I'm going to have Reverend Parks pray. I'll ask him to pray. <laughs> and then we'll go ahead and continue in the word. So let's go to Numbers 6, and we're going to be reading verses two, verses 2 through 8. So Numbers 6, verses 2 through 8. And as we're going there, I just want to say this. Just remember where we're at in the Bible as we're reading. 
Now, our Bible, which this year I'm about to complete, I'm in Revelation, and um, I'm about to complete my annual reading. Um, and I've read the Bible in chronological order, but there's two chronological orders. There's the order of the writing when it was written, and then there's the chronological order of the way that events happened. Okay? So therefore, when you read it sometimes, if you want to read it in chronological, sometimes you have to parse it out yourself, which I've had to do. And when I started reading, I thought I was reading it by the way events happened, but I actually read it in the way uh, that the events were written. All right? So, um, and then, therefore, also within the Bible, you have Job, which where in his place, and this is just one example, um, Job possibly happened way during the time of or before Abraham, right? But the thing is, where Job is placed is all the way in the back. And of course, you have the, the, um, the Israelites going into captivity with Persia and all that. When you read about Ruth and all of these things, I mean, um, um, Esther, Esther's way up in the front of the Bible, but all this stuff happened during the time of Ezra and um, Nehemiah and some of the other prophets, right? So, so it's pretty amazing how the word comes together, though, and that even with all the disagreements, there's one thing that pretty much most of the world can agree on, and that is in Judaism and Christianity and even in Islam that recognizes Jesus but doesn't recognize him as God, as many others. They just recognize him as a prophet. As some others recognize him as a part or a portion or a demigod or something to that effect, right? But anyway, I just want to say that numbers, we have to think of the placement of where this is. So I just want to go ahead and read in number six and then um, two through eight. Two through eight. And the word reads, this is the law of the Nazarite. So I want us to understand what a Nazarite is, all right? If we think of John the Baptist. As we think of Samuel, these were Nazarites. Their parents were approached. The Lord sent an angel. The angel had a prophetic word. So therefore, I believe that this still happens today. There's young men, young women that are selected specifically by God that have a marketing. Each and every one of us have been pre-selected or determined, right? And that is by what? By the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. So when it says that something's been preordained, don't think that our destiny, that there's something that's been written already and God just selected some people to go to heaven and some people um, um, to go to hell. Predestination such as that. When the Bible says that, talks about predestination, it's talking about how God had a plan in the beginning all the way in Genesis that when sin came, that he had a predetermined plan for our salvation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, so in here in Numbers 2, speak unto the children of Israel, and this is the Lord talking unto Moses, and say unto them, when man or woman shall separate to vow a vow of a Nazarite, separate, that means complete separation from sin, a complete separation from the things of the world, right? God has called all to be separate from sin. But the Nazarite is also to go an extra measure, an extra additional measure. Because these men and women will be set out to be a specific priest that wouldn't have any reproach. You know, some things that people get upset with um, saints about nowadays. Somebody get upset with you at work just because you 
wear a certain color shirt. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or you won't wear red, because you think red is just not good. <laughs> you know, and people get upset. People get upset at the most asinine things. But in here, it's talking about these Nazarites who are set apart to, so that people can look at them and say, that is a man or woman that is walking in the image, which all of us are walking in the image of Jesus, but there's a man or woman that is completely sold out to the ministry, right? And all that they do. Speaking to the children of Israel and saying to them, when either man or woman shall separate themselves to a vow, a vow of a Nazarite to separate themselves unto the Lord. He shall separate himself from wine and strong drink, and shall drink no vinegar or wine or vinegar of strong drink. Neither shall he drink any liquor of grapes, nor eat most grapes or dry. So what they're looking at is they're talking about something that has a fermentation. Because what is fermentation? Fermentation is a type of death. So anything that ferments has a is, is, is something that is dying, you know. So therefore, anything that has any type of fermentation or anything that's basically dying, he's like, look, we, I don't want you eating these things, right, to keep yourself clean. All the days of his separation shall he eat nothing that is made of the vine of the tree, from the kernels even to the husk. Man, that leaves off a lot of stuff, right? When we think about kernels and husk. Which some of us have on, on um, Thursday. <laughs> All the days of the vow of his separation, there shall no razor come upon his head until the days be fulfilled, and the which he separate himself unto the Lord. He shall be holy, and shall let the locks of their hair of his head grow. All the days that he separated himself unto the Lord, he shall come at no dead body. So don't come at him. <laughs> so he shall not come on that dead body. And it says no dead body. This means human and all animal kind. He shall not make himself unclean for his father or for his mother or his brother or for his sister when they die. Because the consecration of his God is upon his head. Now. Oh, let me continue. All the days of his separation, he is holy unto the Lord. He is holy unto the Lord. River Parks, could you please pray, sir? Lord, we thank you for your word. We ask, oh God, that you can speak to us through Reverend Monday today. Anoint his voice, oh God. Anoint his tongue to speak your word. Oh God. Bless our ears, O oh God, that we hear your word as it's given. A royal priesthood and holy nation, a separated people. Lord, separated for your work. Prepare us according to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Jesus Amen. 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 All right, let's go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap of praise for what he's doing, what he has done, and what he's going to continue to do in our lives. Samson is one of the most famous or infamous characters we wonder about. Depends on how you look at it and what point in time. His life adventures are something that fables are modeled after. As we know of all the historical writings, books, you always have good versus evil. You have the hero, and that's what I'm going to call him because as it reflects on his life, um, you know, I always wondered as a 
as, as well, actually, to tell the truth, before I came to the Lord, being someone raised in America, a nominal Christian, this is what a nominal Christian is, or what I was, because I thought that Samson and Delilah, because I was not taught to read the Bible, and we didn't talk about it in church, even though I was an altar boy and all of these things, I thought that Samson and Delilah was Greek mythology. That's pretty bad. America's pretty weak on their Bible reading. And anytime we run into somebody that is from overseas, pretty much almost anywhere out of America, that call themselves a Christian, because there's more than likely some type or form of persecution, and that's even, I don't care what nobody's saying, even in Canada, some of the things I see written about Canada, there's a price to be a Christian. In America, it isn't so much so. We may say that, but persecution is coming. It ain't the persecution that you think you're getting right now. But the amazing thing is that Samson is somebody that has been likened unto Christ with his life. The prophecy of what he was going to come and do. The prophecy of the angel going to his mother and father. Now the angel is never named. And the father, Manoah, even asked the angel's name. And the angel said, why are you asking me when this is a thing that is a secret or covered? And so I'm not going to even get into the, 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 the whole thing with angelology and the, and, and, and the angels and, um, 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 oh, man, it's just so much, you know. Was this a form of Christ? Was this a portion of Christ? Was this truly an angel? Was this one of his workers? So the thing is, there's a lot of things out there, but that's, that's a lot to dive into. But it's amazing that this angel said that my name is a secret. But the message that the angel gave unto the parents, we're going to read right here in Judges 13, 3-5. And this is the promise of a son who would be Israel's deliverer or Judah's deliverer. Because this is what they're calling at that time, the people of Judah. Judges 13, 3-5. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Behold now, thou art barren, and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Now therefore, beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine nor strong drink. So this is even going to the mother who is not a Nazarite. Alright? He even warns her that this baby, whatever you intake or ingest, come on. The medical community should have knew this a long time ago. Back in the 50s and 60s when women were smoking, my mama has a picture where she's pregnant with me, and she didn't know. But she straight up had one of those cigarettes, and she's pregnant with me, you know. But the thing is, <laughs> that might be some of the issues. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but even right here, the Bible talks about that anything that a mother intakes, that child is going to receive because it's not going to be absolutely filtered, which is amazing that a child could come out with, um, 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 actually I have a family member where she's passed now that had a horrific, horrible disease. Um, HIV had developed the AIDS, but she had three children afterwards and none of them came out 
with the virus. And all of them are living and thriving today. So that's amazing what God does. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But, um, and it continues, and eat, and eat not any unclean thing. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Hallelujah. Now see, we read this, and we just pass over a glance of it, but right here it says, and he shall begin to deliver. See, this is so continuous. This is our, as we look at Samson, they always put him up as a type of Christ, but today my title is Samson, a type of us. Samson, a type of us. Even though his life models Christ with all the good things that he did, the defeating of the enemy at the end, the stretching of his arms, but the amazing thing is that he resembles us with his own personal life. Yeah. <clears throat> or I pray so the former us. The promise of the son who would be a deliverer had come and it continues in, in 13.7 and it says, Behold, when he approaches, the angel approaches and speaks with the father, thou shalt conceive and bear a son and now drink no wine. And he states it all over again. And then the birth of the Nazarite comes in uh, Judges 13, 24 through 5. And the woman bare a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew and the Lord blessed him. And the spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zor and Eshtal. This is amazing because when I think about this, I think about Jesus when he was ministering in the temple. You know, this is where God, in his own power, when he came down and was born through a woman, he limited his power and his knowledge of what he gave to us and what he distributed. He even put a government on himself for a time, not to reveal anything, right? Because if he, when it came out, at eight days, and at his circumcision would have said, I am the Christ. People, mom would have faded, daddy would have passed out. You know, there, there would have just been chaos and drama. But the Lord gave us time to receive him and see some of the actions that he had. So the day that he was preaching at the age of 12, 12 in the synagogue, this was something that was already within him the whole time, but was held up for a season. And so we have the same thing within our own lives. We're, 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 we're trained, we're, we're, we're taught certain niceties within life that the Lord uses for his own benefit. You know, they had many things that I didn't learn as a Christian coming up, but they had many things that was poured into me by my mother, by my father, in the nominal church that, was, that I was in that really helped me in my walk. So anything that the Lord uses that is righteous, is righteous thereof, thereof. So he was born, but when he became an adult, it says that Samson had this desire for things that wasn't always proper or clean. 
So now we're reading in Judges 14, 1 through 3. 14, 1 through 3. And it reads, and I wrote this down, the desire for forbidden fruit. That brings us back, doesn't it? The desire for forbidden fruit. <clears throat> and Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now remember, he, we have to think about all the Levitical laws. In the Levitical law, you are only supposed to, and all throughout the Bible, it keeps on restating this, that we should only marry within the faith of which you believe. You should only marry within the faith of which you believe. Ladies, gentlemen, let our young people know you can't bring somebody to church and get them converted so you can marry them. They had to be converted, tried, proved, and then <laughs> you can consider marriage. Hallelujah. And so here, he said, I want one of these women. His, then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren? or among all my people that thou could take as a wife, oh, that thou goest and take the wife of an uncircumcised Philistine. And Samson said unto his father, get her for me, for she pleases me well. Now I'm not going to bring in the judgment his parents, because the call is on him, and they brought it up to him, and they showed him and pointed him in the right direction, just as us as parents do the same thing, right? And I can't run their life. I can advise them, right? Because at some point in time, they're going to do what they want to do anyway, right? But the thing is, we train up a child the way they should go, and we continue to pray that the Lord will work his promise through what we train them, and our example of how we live, that they would return to the fold if they do walk away. But we're praying for them not to walk away. This one gets me because it made me think of Proverbs 20, 15 through 17. It says, but the lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. Take his garment as a surety for a stranger. So it's messing around with people that are, that are not of your people. People that you don't know. People that you can't trust. People that are not part of your promise. And take a pledge of him for a strange woman. Strange woman or man. Right? When you go to, to, to get with somebody who deals or dives into these, these um, um, kindred spirits and things such as that. Read ungodly things. Watch ungodly things. Listen to music, uh, unholy music. Bread of the sea is sweet to a man and a woman. But afterwards, his mouth shall be filled with gravel. Shall be filled with gravel. Why are we talking about this? We're talking about this because Samson had his own desires, but they had the desire of God. Now, nowhere in here did I read anything about Samson's own personal relationship and reading and study of the scriptures. But we know that he knew the word and we knew that he knew the promise because he brought it up, right? At the end, he brought it up many times when the word says, and the spirit of the Lord that came upon him. Samson and the beast. Now we already have that Samson desired 
a wife or a woman that was not of his people. And now in Judges 14, 5 through 6, we're going to read where Samson went down, was going down with his parents to Timnath, and came to the vineyards of Timnath. Now he's a Nazarite. He shouldn't even be walking through the vineyards. Stay away from sin. I mean, don't even drive. You have no choice but to drive that past the club. But you can't roll through the parking lot. <laughs> you can't roll through the parking lot. Because uh, you might stop. But the word continues. And behold, a young lion roared against him. Now, a lion is an unclean beast. So we're not supposed to eat that because it's unclean. Um, because it eats other animals. If you notice, within the law, anything that they ate, it ate the cud, it ate grass, cattle, things such as that, right? But anything that ate other animals is unclean. And that comes from the reading, the Levitical law, and uh, the rereading of it, and numbers and all that. And the Spirit of the Lord came mildly upon Samson, and he rent him as he would have rent a kid, not like a, a little kid, <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, uh, young people down here, but not that type of kid, but it's about like a baby goat or something like that, right? <laughs> and sometimes my kids act like goats, though. <laughs> sometimes they want to live like goats. <laughs> I've been there. The parents have to straighten them out. Don't let your, don't let your kid be a kid. <laughs> and he had nothing in his hand. But he told not his father and his mother what he had did. So he had killed his beast. And as a Nazarite, right, he's not going to be in contact with unclean things, right? So visitation unto the beast. So later on, Samson comes back and he returns. And he went down and talked with this woman down in Timnath. And she pleased Samson well. We're going to skip that one. We're going to keep it PG. Then it goes to Judges 14, 8 through 9 where he revisits when he's returning. And after a time, he returned to take her and, and turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. So this dead lion that he had killed before that was laying on the side of Highway 84, he stopped, and there was a swarm of bees and some honey in the carcass of the lion. And he took thereof in his hands and went on eating and came to his father and mother. Now, Samson went ahead and took this honey that was in a dead animal that was an unclean animal. So that's two strikes, right? Coming from visiting, you know, his girlfriend over in Hopkinsville. That's for anybody who's been to 101st. <laughs> now, let me stop. I don't want to get it. Or Columbia. I live in the Army area also. But, um, but the thing is that he ate something that was clean. But it was from something that was unclean. From an unclean act by his hands by touching something that was dead. Now, the Gemara 3, which the, the Jews have these books, these additional books besides. What they have is they have Genesis all the way through Malachi. And then they don't have the rest. Right? And I have a Tanakh and a, all this at the house. And when you read it, it reads almost exactly the same as ours. Most of it is exactly the same. Some of the books there is a little bit different order. But mainly their modern book today is almost the same exact order as ours. Same books. Number of books. Um, but sometimes they don't split 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, because those weren't split like that, but because of the length. 
They went ahead and split it. But the Gemara explains that honey is, is kosher and it's not an actual secretion of the bee. The bee functions only as a carrier and facilitator. Honey is kosher flow of nectar, which enters the bee's honey sac and is transformed into honey. So a sweet thing that came from this insect, right? But then we get all the way to 15. So he already has a couple of strikes against him. We see where this is going. This is our lives, saints. This is what we were. This is what we're walking away from. This is what we're telling others. That even though we have been marked, we've been called out, we've been appointed with special gifting by God. Because Samson wasn't just strong, but he also was wise in his worldly wisdom, right? To fool people into things, as you've read. But he wasn't so much wise in the things of God many times. Even though the Lord you the Lord's gonna use you regardless. You might as well, I, t I tell my kids, I was like, if you go to hell, I'm like, you go to hell dragging and screaming and kicking. Because it's pretty easy living for God. You gotta go out, you gotta go out your way to get into damage. It's pretty easy living for God. But in here it says that the um, that these are his brothers, the Ju uh, um, Judas. The brothers of Judah sent, uh, uh, sent 3,000 men to get Samson, right? So when they went against 3,000, like, golly, <laughs> there's a whole brigade. <laughs> or close to a legion, because a legion is about 5,000, right? A brigade plus all this attachments, right? Um, all this air cover and all of this, right? So they sent a brigade after him, and they said, hey, the Philistines want you. This is what Judah told them. The brothers of Judah. And they was like, you've been causing trouble and we have to turn you over. The law has come to get you. Because they were under the oppression of the Philistines. And they was like, and so to keep them from bothering us, we're going to have to turn you in. Right? So Samson went ahead and let them tie him up. And they tied him up. And, um, and he was delivered into the Philistines. Now when he was delivered into the Philistines, those greens that they tied him up with <laughs> didn't work. And the word reads, and when he came to Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And the cords that were upon his arm became as flax that was burnt with fire, and his bands loose from his hands. And he found a jawbone of an ass. A jawbone. So if it's a jawbone, it's from a what? A dead animal, a dead carcass. So here he goes again. And it says, and he found the jawbone, and he put forth his hand and took it and slew a thousand men therewith. We needed this guy in Afghanistan. <laughs> when I was living 200 meters at the Alamo, what we call the Alamo, when I was living 200 meters from Pakistan. <laughs> and um, yeah, we needed, we needed Samson. So he killed 2,000, I mean, killed 1,000 men with the jawbone of a donkey. And then right after this in 16 he goes back and he links up with a harlot. And the, re the words say well 16 he goes back to a harlot takes a break and then after this he meets Delilah. Now I'm hurrying up because I want to close this out but I want to jump to Judges 16, 17, 18. Now Delilah was a woman who was of the people of the Philistines and they had come and given her 1,100 
shekels of silver. Remember, Christ was sold out for 30. So this is a bigger price than what Christ was given, right? But the wild thing is, the head of Samson, as they wanted the head of Christ, was given up when, um, when Delilah actually brought him in. But see, what happened to Samson is many times what we have done in our past. And I pray that we have learned from it. What he did here is Samson gives his heart. And read with me in 16 and 17. 16, 17 through 18. There have not come a razor upon my head. This is when Delilah asked him what his strength was. For I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go far from me. And I shall become weak and be like any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come upon this once, for he hath showed me all his heart. You know, this brings me back to Matthew, or brings me all the way to the New Testament. In Matthew 7 it says, Do not give that which is holy, or the sacred thing, to the dogs, and do not throw your pearls before the hogs, lest they trample upon them with their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. That's what the world wants to do. All of your talents, all of your gifts, all of these actors and singers and all that who were raised in church that they say, yeah, their whole you know, career started when they were acting in a play at church or they sang in a choir at church or they've been singing since they were a youth. What they're doing is they're tossing their gifts. They're tossing their blessings to the swine. And yeah, it's enriching them, but it's doing more for the world because it draws other people in. Sometimes it even draws our own youth in who get tripped up by the things of the world. And this is what happened to Samson. Samson had a desire for fruit that was ungodly fruit. And we have to stay on top and let the Lord know or let the world know that there's no way that we're going to allow the enemy and his devices to draw us, to deceive us, to think that something is good when the word says that it is not. If you could please stand as I'm closing. In the end, of course, we all know that Samson lost his life. He gave his life. In the end, Samson was, had his hand shaved, what the world wants to do to us in a spiritual sense. And guess what? Even in the actual sense, when many people, we look at Hawaii, when many of these women rebel, like going to one of these manic depression states, what's the first thing they do? They shore their head. Britney Spears. Um, well, I don't know, man. I just remember her because she old. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know if Ariana Grande did it, somebody. But I know there's a lot of them that do it. What it is, it's a sign that something, there's something that is going on in their life that they don't know how to deal with it. But Jesus Christ has the answer for us. Spiritually, the enemy wants just, he doesn't want just our hair. He wants our entire head as he did to the other Nazarite. John the Baptist through Herod. But Samson, like Christ, was stretched out 
with his arms wide. And just as Christ killed what the enemy had for a plan, Samson did the same thing. But for us in the spiritual sense, we're a type of Samson when we go down in the water barrel in his name and we crucify the old man and we rise up and we come back as the new man. Born again, a new create, a new creature in creation for the Lord to work for his glory. These altars are open and I want to remind us that anytime that we have a calling from the Lord or somebody speaks a word to us, let us go and think about what Samson has done through all his time. The call that the Lord had for him. The call that John the Baptist had. Samuel, the prophet, who had two sons that didn't walk in his ways. But when they died, he just went ahead and the Lord said, you are not mourn. And he just kept on walking. Because even though he loved his sons, he said, I have a mission with God. Ladies, gentlemen, you are on a mission from God. And as Samson was a type of Christ, he's also a type of us. And we want to go before the Lord and be more like Christ as opposed to more like Samson. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, we are thankful, Lord. Thankful, Lord, for your word, Lord Jesus. Thankful for your promise, Lord. Thankful, Lord, for the call that you have given us, Lord. We pray, Lord, for your mighty hand, Lord Jesus, today upon every saint that is on here, Lord, online, Lord, that is in this house. That hears, Lord, the word going forth, Lord. We pray, Lord, for a mighty move, Lord, that we would know our role, what we have in the church, that we would know.